Blog Talk Radio. time coming happy thursday everybody what's going on it's quita aka Belasian quita here welcome back to the curvy melhead show where of course i bring you alternative sounds multicultural opinions and today's guest coming in not even probably what like 14 minutes from now we've got a sports expert that you do not want to miss and who I'm talking about is Dr. Robert Wheel, also known as the sports doctor. And this is the first time I've actually am talking about sports. This is probably going to be the last because I am not a sports nut at all. But we're going to get into a little bit deeper details about the importance of sports health. In particular, we're going to be talking about the role of foot in sports and all kinds of good jazz. But before we get to that and the music, like always, time for Riot Talk. So this week has been a heck of a week. Literally, I have had to reconfigure my life from start to finish. First, my semester is officially over. I finally finished my paper. Yesterday, I ended up pulling an all-nighter, not even kidding, it was horrendously bad. It was so horrible this all nighter that I'm I'm feeling it, okay? So if I sound like I'm out of it today, which usually I don't sound like I'm out of it, but if I sound a little bit tired through this program, you know why. But I'm not gonna waste any time. Got some new music for you. My boy Pitbull featuring Neo with Time of Our Lives. I know my rent was gonna be late about a week ago. I work my ass off, but I still can't pay it off. But I got just enough to get off in this club. Have me a good time before my time is up. Hey, let's get it now. Hey, <laughs> 
coming to the top. You know me, I'm off in the cut. Always like a squirrel, looking for a nut. This is a for show, I'm not talking about luck. I'm not talking about love, I'm talking about luck. Now let's get loose, have some fun. Forget about bills in the first of the month. It's my night, your night, our night. Let's turn it up. I knew my rent was going to be later about a week ago. I work my ass off, but I still can't pay it though. But I got just enough to get off in this club. And me a good time before my time is up. Hey, let's get it now. Lana Dawes is going to be here 
next week. That's going to be a heck of a show to you. Definitely do not want to miss that as well because we're going to get right back into that talking about women in metal and just the disproportionization of women of color in this industry as well. But tying it back into what Karen was saying on her Facebook, it really resonated with me. Karen, I hope if you have a chance to listen to this, maybe I'll send this to you so you can listen. Um, But I got to tell this to you, girl. You are doing just fine. I'm going through the same thing. Anybody, you know, when you start a show, you know, at first people may not take you seriously. People may say, you know, what you're doing is stupid. People may not give you the time of day. And that happens to anybody regardless of what profession that you're in. But the key is to always be persistent. Trust me, there are myself. I'm in this chat room by myself, but you know what? I'm going to keep doing this show. I have been blessed um, by God to be able to have the voice that I have, the way I articulate things, the way that I am. And you know what? I take every time every moment of every day to just be so grateful and thankful that I even can afford to even run this show on blog talk radio. So many people who have this dream and they're not able to do that. So Karen, keep going, keep pushing. You want to come on this program? Come on this program. We'll talk. We'll have a good time. Okay, so if you're going through a rough time and you just need someone to talk to, you know I'm here for you. Call in at area code 713-955-0571. And today is Riot Girl Day in Boston. But, hey, Riot Girl Day, I don't care if it's only in Boston. It's all over. So if you're a Riot Girl like myself, you have very strong morals you really support equality and femi- and feminism, please, please make sure to just give those shout-outs on Twitter, all social media. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Curvy Metal, as well as check out the Curvy Metalhead TV program on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash Quita. In honor of Riot Girl Day, I have an artist, she is amazing. She's coming from Oslo, Norway. Here is my new girl. Her name is Annie Woodward with Eager to Talk. Oh, your these people, I'm walking in the dark always around. All of these people, only one knows my name. The rest of them are banned. A lot of mouths, they gotta talk. All of these questions that make you grow older With all of these questions If I had a second lesson I'd be eager to talk Eager to talk Eager to talk Oh. 
frontin' like you did it for the fellas Get all the bitches jealous when you do that shit But my neck is gold, the rest is bro Sex and hoes, best of both Girls are girls, perpetual Sippin' slow, text though Comma, I'm about decimals Feelin' get faded, I'm surprised that we made it Young niggas know the sky's the limit All I ever wanna do is chill and get shaded Chill and get faded Shit, I'm surprised that we made it Nowadays, just overrated. All I ever wanna do is chill and get shaded. I wanna see you take it all up. And she just wanna make it harder. And we just end up taking longer. Getting impressive with them diamonds, so them diamonds. Talking about M's. Talking about M's, nigga. M's. Make them talk about Make them talk about M's, nigga. Talking about M's, nigga. Talking about M's, nigga. Talking about M's. Talking about, talking about M's, nigga. Talking about M's. Like lately, all I ever seen to think about is M's, nigga. Talking about M's. See the same thing all up in my bank account. M's, nigga. Talking about M's. And my YouTube account see the same amount. M's, nigga. Talking about M's. Man, it go in, go ham like M's. Like I do him, tell him worry about them. But I don't even trip though, bruh, bruh, yeah, I'm really with the shit though My, my, I get hit no times when the hits go by, those hits, those eyes Do that shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, do that shit, uh Do it like you got a point to prove to any chick, any dudes that you that bitch I wanna see you take it all up And she just wanna make it all up And we just end up taking longer
You heard a little brief snippet there of ACDC's Soul Stripper. We're not going to hold any time. we got Dr. Robert here on the line. And how are you, good sir? Hey, the sports doctor's in. Dr. Bob Weil here. How can I help you? Yeah, I am. No, I am really excited to have you on. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I usually don't cover sports on this program. Well, actually, I'm about health and wellness. What was your first name again? Of course, my name is Quita, but everyone here knows me as Belasian Quita. Okay, Quita. Yes, the my show, The Sports Doctor, we talk as much about health and wellness. We talk about, you know, being in the best shoe if you're a walker or a runner. So I also cover uh, serious sports and sports injuries and those things. But absolutely, you know, we have information, you know, uh, that that's helpful to whoever's listening uh, who wants to be active and prevent trouble. Absolutely. So How's that hit you? <laughs> oh, it, it hit me harder than a rock there. <laughs> there you go. Where are you, uh, where are you out of? For me, I'm originally from Wisconsin. That's where I host my show. Oh, you do? I just had um, uh, Jason Spiro, who's one of your physical therapists at the University of Wisconsin, was a guest of mine a few months ago, and uh, yeah, my son-in-law works for Lands End. Very familiar, great state of Wisconsin. Yeah, I would say so. Not the weather though; uh, people are all right. <laughs> I hear you. I'm 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 in Chicago, so I hear you. But I'm sure you're still licking your wounds over maybe Wisconsin getting beat in the title NCAA game. Uh, I'm sure you're a March Madness fan, right? Oh, man, you know the funny thing is. And when that game comes on, I can't even watch it. I've never the only maybe the only sport that I really watch will probably be the world's strongest man or the world's strongest woman, and that's about it. <laughs> really? See, yeah. sometimes we'll see that the um, we've had some patients who are into those kinds of very heavy lifting things. Most of what I do in sports medicine is uh, to fit people with custom orthotics custom inserts that might go in your shoes, might go in your skates or your skis. Uh, it might be in grandma's shoes who has knee problems or foot problems. Uh, so the people who are lugging around tremendous weights, and some of them are doing deadlifts and other kinds of things. I had a champion. She was in the Highland Games. Did you ever see the Highland Games where they, the girls run in kilts and they throw around telephone poles? Oh, absolutely. I've seen that. Yes. It's uh, yes, well, yeah, yeah. Ingrid Markham is her name, and she's a an ex champion. So many times um, we're interested in in um, trying to capture your best alignment, trying to get you in the best foot and leg position, um, so that you could do anything, including maybe a triple jump in figure skating. That is truly amazing. I don't think I could be able to do that. But what compelled you to say, you know, you know what, I'm going to go through all this school and build up all this debt. And, and this is why I want to pursue. I'm very interested well, think, in your background. Yes. I, I think that, you know, I, I grew up in New York on Long Island. 
Uh, I was always interested in the dental or medical field. Uh, podiatry was a great variety. It's, you know, where you could deal with non-life-threatening. You could deal with senior citizens. You could deal with children. You could be surgically oriented. You could be uh, sports-minded. But it wasn't until the late 70s where I was fortunate enough to meet uh, Bob Guida. Bob was uh, an ex-Mr. America, Mr. Universe in the 60s. He became a trainer of champions somebody who athletes like John McEnroe and Walter Payton and Jim McMahon came to see to rehab or to make them a better athlete. And I was very enamored with the sports uh, side of it. And uh, so that's what really was my, my passion. Uh, and then I've been a radio talk show host for almost 30 years, uh, which is, is uh, uh, even more of my passion. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I can definitely not only tell that in, in your personality, but but definitely the the show that you did about um, kids and, and obesity, like what compelled you? Because that's been the, the number one epidemic for yes, uh, it quite is. Matter quite of fact, the guest time, of like, mine, um, Corbin Billings, his documentary just came out. It's called Bite Size. Um, it's available now. They just featured it on MSNBC with uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton talked about it. Uh, but uh, I really believe that in a, a colleague of mine, uh, Rick Osborne, who's been studying childhood obesity for about 10 years, has the answer to preventing it uh, by um, uh, it's called pull your own weight. And it's about if a young child can develop the ability to do an unassisted pull up any way you measure it, they can't be obese. So if we could teach it to the kids and get them into this kind of a mode, um, but the uh, area of obesity uh, is something that is very, very uh, serious. Children who grow up with obesity-related conditions are much more expensive. Half of bullying is, is associated with weight-related uh, challenges, and so is a lot of joint pain, your back pain, your knees pain, uh, if, if you, you're uh, carrying around extra weight. So we talk a lot about um, nutrition on my show. We talk a lot about the mental side of things, uh, where children, the early they learn. But if people go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com, and they can read a lot of information regarding pull-your-own-weight, uh, ideas of walking programs, because if we do not get a handle on what it's going to cost us, um, it's about $200 billion a year as we look at now, all this obesity-related things, then it will break us. We will not be able to afford the diabetes and the high blood pressure. So it really is a passion of mine. We talk about it a lot. Um, but people can tune into, they can catch that documentary, uh, Bite Size, or they can go to my website. They can read about a movie called Fat Boy Chronicles, which was written by someone who was a guest of ours, uh, Michael Buchanan, screenwriter, and he talks about the bullying and the trials and tribulations of a young boy growing up with a weight problem and how he tries to deal with it, uh, and uh, there are so many stories, because what we've done so far hasn't been very, very successful, even with the first lady, Michelle Obama. You know, it's her major, major passion. I think we've become much more aware, but we've got to be able to prevent it. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think sometimes, too, and I agree with you on this, too, but I also feel the challenge is is also regionally as well. There are a lot of places where um, some people cannot get, you know, the right type of you know, you you know, are shoe right. for, 
for working out and and I mean if you look at the the higher end type of shoes that are for athletes I mean let's be honest here those are uh quite a coin to to pay for do you feel that or do you is there actually a system that's set in place to make things a little bit more affordable cuz I think the obesity is tied into the affordability and the social economic I I, structure I, in this yes, country. Yes, it's got it's got an angle. We had a guest on the show X amount of months ago, Sarah Reifnacker. She she runs an organization called Bounce Back. It's about helping families afford uh, different sports programs, uh, uh, etc. There's no doubt about it that there's a challenge in that regard, but it's it's we really really need to be continuing to eat smarter. Uh, we have to understand that so much of the food industry is a lot of baloney. It's all about eating um, uh, the kinds of things that almost addict us to being hungry, et cetera, et cetera. And we have to be more active. You don't have to be in a $200 shoe to go for a walk. Um, they feature in, ba- in, in, in um, bite size. They, they follow some of these kids in the rural south who are trying to grow up with diabetes and some of these other things, there's no doubt about it that the um, inability of families to buy wholesome food because they're in the middle of of areas that it's not as available, these so-called food deserts, um, the inability of children who, you know, you want them to be more active so they could lose weight, but if they've got extra weight, it, it hurts to be active to be, you know, walking or running, et cetera. So it's the kind of thing, uh, again, if you go to in the future, go to pullyourownweight.org, and you can read all about what Pull Your Own Weight is all about, how simple, how inexpensive it is. If you could just get the schools to jump on this uh, to make a difference in being able to prevent it before it happens. Once the obesity gets going and we're dealing with uh, rehab, it becomes much more of a difficult situation. Uh, there's all sorts of, um, again, the mental components and a lot of these things uh, that are involved uh, uh, with some of these things. So, uh, but you can be active in, in a pair of um, KEDS. You could be active in doing some things and some other things, but what you just mentioned, I agree with you, is absolutely a, a, a component but you don't need $200 shoes um, to get moving. Absolutely. And I was doing research about you, and I saw that um, you talk a lot about shoe criteria. And this is something that I think many listeners are, are not aware of. Um, can you explain a little bit more in depth, like, why is it important to look at shoe criteria when you're not only working out, but I would just say for everyday use, because I have a lot and of listen, my audience. I, yes, absolutely. One of my most one of my most popular articles, and people can get there if they go to sportsdoctorradio.com. It's called High Heels: Surviving the Challenge. So many times when we're talking about heels, we've got a whole different criteria of uh, paying attention, strengthening the feet and ankles. But uh, a foot type is often inherited. So you might have someone who's got flat feet. You might have somebody who's got very high arches. You might have somebody who's got uh, inherited the foot that develops hammer toes, bunions, etc. So it's very important to understand that uh, the closer you come to a good sneaker in everyday wear, probably the better off you are. But what's amazing is so many people aren't even fit properly. My friends at New Balance 
who are one of my sponsors on the Sports Doctor Radio Show. And by the way, your your listeners, you know, I'm on every Wednesday at uh, three o'clock Central Standard Time, three to four o'clock on a wonderful radio station, Healthy Life, HealthyLife.net. But so if if 80% of people are not even fit properly because they, they're, they're buying a shoe just over the counter, et cetera. That becomes a big, important factor, especially if you've got foot problems. So criteria means, you know, what is your foot type? Do you have a flat foot? Do you have high arches? Um, if you're getting a walking shoe and or running shoe, and you could do both, almost in both, uh, then you want to be able to be identified because you might be in a motion control shoe, that helps stabilize the foot that's flattening too much. You might benefit from a stability shoe. Now, it's true. Only running shoe, walking shoe stores um, have that kind of designation. So basically, people, whether they go to a podiatrist, uh, whether they see people who know what they're doing as far as shoe fitting is concerned, they want to be able to be in the best shoe for their particular foot type. You want to be in the type of shoe that's going to give you proper support, enough room. One of the biggest challenges with high heels is uh, uh, where women are jamming their, uh, the ball of the foot into a shoe that's much too pointy, much too narrow. So many times that's a whole concern. Or if they realize that, holy cow, I'm wearing heels all day. I'm, I'm putting tremendous pressure on my back or my legs. So if we tell parents foot type is very often inherited, then you pay attention to your son or daughter uh, when it comes to making sure they fit properly. Don't look to scrimp on proper shoes, especially if you're playing sports. So those are the things that we're kind of talking about, which is to understand what type of foot type you have and then making sure that you fit properly to whatever the shoe is and making sure that you're paying attention also to other criteria. You know, if you've got toe problems, you want to make sure that you're in a toe box that's, that's wide enough. You want to make sure that if you've got toe problems, maybe you're not wearing cowboy boots with heels that are jamming your foot into the front of the shoe. And again, very, very often, we can help somebody dramatically uh, by adding the proper insert to the shoe, or ideally a custom orthotic, um, you know, one of my specialties is I put orthotics in figure skates, and I've been doing it for 30 years, 35 years. And the 2010 men's Olympic gold medalist figure skating champion who grew up in my area, Evan Lysacek, was 10 years old when we first put orthotics in his skates. 15 years later, he won the Olympic gold medal. So many times we're looking at proper balance, the proper support. And that's no less important if I'm talking about your, your mother, who might be in her 60s or 70s, or if I'm talking about your daughter, who might be the best soccer player in the city. Shoe fitting and criteria um, is important. And if you need advice, go see a good podiatrist. That could really, really help you. Yes, absolutely. And also, I, I, ha- I have to make sure to have you on again, definitely. Um, I have one more question for you. I'm ready. Now, <laughs> considering, you know, what you've done, I mean, this over, you know, 30-year career, what advice would you give to people who are saying, you know what, this is this is what I want to pursue, you know, I want to become a doctor because that's a, a lot of school, that's a lot of education, that's a lot of 
in in many cases, patients. What advice would you give to students who decide, you know, I want to go the medical route? I think um, whatever, if you can be uh, well-educated, you could give yourself a chance. We talk about it a lot on the sports doctor. I have sports psychologists on. We're always talking about the mental game, and that's what you're talking about. So that if you have something you're passionate about and you're excited about, then I think you should really, really pursue it with enthusiasm. And I think you need some sort of trade or profession. You need to be educated today if you're going to do well in society. And I think there are lots of choices out there. The medical field is one of the great ones. Uh, It sure isn't the only one. But I think very, very early on sometimes we'll see, I call them the prodigy sports, where we'll see these kids by 10, 11 years old, they know what they really want to do. They want to play uh, one particular sport. They want to be a gymnast. They want to be a, uh, a figure skater or a soccer player. So young students, pay attention to what excites you. Understand whatever it is. You really want to get that education and rock and roll from there. Definitely. Doctor, thank you so so much for coming on and I definitely have to have you back because I'll have I hope so you know again <laughs> I apologize I heard the name of the show and I said I wonder if he's contacting the sports doctor but I love your angle about talking about different fields different areas so it's my pleasure look forward to the next time uh, send me the logo of your show so I, we could uh, and the link so I could put it on my sports doctor site uh, for sure Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, and enjoy your weekend. You too. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. And, of course, you heard from Dr. Robert there, the sports doctor. He is absolutely amazing. Please, please, please make sure he is, of course, the host of the sports doctor that can be heard on HealthyLife.net, which is on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you check your time zone so you can listen to his show. It's very informative, well, just very intellectual. And as you can see here at the Curvy Melhead Show, I'm not only talking about metal people. I am a Renaissance woman. I am the type of person that really, really inspires to look outside of the box. And as you can see with Dr. Robert as well, he thinks outside of the box. And this is the reason why he is successful today. And I think that's the underlying theme today. It's just, is perseverance. If you want to succeed, I don't care if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a, you know, an educator, you want to be an actor, model, just entertainment in general, okay, or any field in general is really, really going to be consistent on three core things. Number one, having that knowledge base. As you can see, he was very knowledgeable about his topic. And then the second thing you have to do is you have to be relatable. And then the third thing you have to tie that in, and that's something I actually learned in my class um, that I'm taking about leadership and group dynamics. And it was very interesting um, due to the fact that these are the things that make leaders. Okay. Leaders are, they don't just come out of the womb and, you know, they have that natural ability. Now, this is also contingent um, depending on how you are spiritually or if you're atheist or whatever belief you may have. Um, To me, I feel that leaders are people that they may have that natural instinct, but it's something that still has to be learned throughout a lifetime. 
So I'll definitely have him on the show again. So please make sure HealthyLife.net, the sports doctor. And you can also check out examples of his past shows, guests, all his articles on SportsDoctorRadio.com. And you know what? One thing here at the Kirby Metalhead Show, I like a good love song. I like a song that's so full of soul and poetic. But at the same time, being the metalhead that I am, I, I just... I just love diversity in music, and I love diversity in the song. So here is Christette Michelle with Together, off of the Lyricist Opus. If you have not listened to that, you better go get it. It's on iTunes and anywhere else that you can listen to this fine music.
course, that was Paramore was stuck on you. And I have to say, yesterday uh, commemorates two years of Paramore. Can you believe that Paramore has been around for that long? And they're still rocking, and they still sound fantastic. Actually, one of my favorite songs by them is The Only Exception. Really, really, really like that song. Oh, I take it back. I also like Decode from the Tween Light movie. I call it Twilight Tween Light because, honestly, no grown intellectual folks should be watching Twilight. I mean, honestly, it's such a horrible movie. And whoever thought of the idea that vampires have glitter on their body have several seats because that's absolutely ridiculous. But welcome back. We're winding down here. We just finished the first hour. Can you believe that? Of the Curvy Metalhead Show. And I am your host, Quita, a.k.a. Blasian Quita, of course. And I can't wait to let you rockers know and minions and community and all you intellectuals on Curvy Metalhead TV. It's just been, like I mentioned earlier in the program, it's been a crazy, crazy week. So I can't wait. To talk about that, especially Riot Girl Day, as it's today. So I wanted to introduce to you, my lovely audience, a great new segment, which I like to call Metal Quickie, where I just give you some snippets of awesome metal news, hard rock, and all that good stuff. Of course, I gotta give a shout out to James Roscoe, okay, of Dark Matter Relations, a great label. And the new album by Schneider is coming out in May. It is a great album. So if you are a fan of Black Dahlia, Murder, The Haunted, and Six Feet Under, you will love this album. It is coming out May 25th. And I had a chance to listen to My Grief, My Sorrow. Oh, my gosh. Feared, pardon me. Oh, the name of the album is called Schneider, but Feared, Swedish Death Metal at its finest. And I just love Swedish metal, man. It's just really, it's got that, just, just that really awesome grotesqueness to it where it's like you just can't sleep at night and... Feared is great. The album is called Schneider, coming out May 25th, Dark Matter Relations. So, really, really good album. I think I played the song actually last week. It was fantastic. Of course, shout-outs also to my friends at Century Media Records. Apparently, May 5th is, in this moment, Rise of the Blood Legion Greatest Hits Chapter 1. Uh, To be honest with you, I cannot believe that In This Moment has a Greatest Hits album. I mean, Maria Brink is super young. Like, I feel like Greatest Hits albums are when you have really, you really have a long discography that's enough to show an actual history. And I I mean, the band, I, I will say, okay, the band has been together for 10 years. Okay, they have had five studio-length albums, have sold over 700,000 units in the U.S. alone, but I still think they're still new. You know, when I think of greatest hits, you know, I think of Tina Turner, I think of the Rolling Stones, you know, I think of Metallica, you know, I think of those bands where there's like an actual legacy legacy. So we'll see how in this moment, I, I definitely will take a listen to it and let you know about that. And, of course, I am working on getting an interview with the Pest. 
Oh, I love their song. The song's called I Admit It. It's really good. It's it's just that really good, gritty, just awesome punk rock. And it's just, oh, man. If you like that gritty, you know, that gritty, gritty, gritty 80s punk rock, that 70s punk rock, you will love the pest. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So, of course, that was the Metal Quickie. Let's get back into the music before we actually get into the alternative beatdown. And let's continue with some Paramore and celebrations to them. And great, when you think of Riot Girl and you think of, you know, progressiveness, Paramore is definitely the band. So here's one of my personal favorites. That's what you get.
great song from Paramore. That was back-to-back Paramore, Stuck on You, and That's What You Get. Older Paramore, I will say that. But I like their new song, too, uh, Ain't It Fun, too. I really, I just enjoy Paramore as a band. Like, Hallie Williams, see, to me, I feel she is the quintessential true rock star because I feel like someone who's really a rock star can bridge out into different genres of music and still rock. Okay, I love that song that she did with um with B.O.B. I think it was called Airplanes. Yeah, it was fantastic. I would say the closest to that was Skylar Gray and Nicki Minaj, um, Bed of Lies. Well, more like Nicki Minaj featuring Skylar Gray. Skylar Gray doesn't really get props like she should. Everybody just calls her a pop artist, but to me, she's definitely got an alternative feel to how she sings and... Yeah, I love her. I really, really do. But let's get into the alternative beatdown, shall we? I got a plethora. I got a mega thought to talk about. <laughs> All right, I know I was going off there a little bit. I was sounding like ODB. But, <laughs> okay, this is coming from RollingStone.com. Helene Hanna honored with the Riot Girl Day in Boston with Bikini Kill singer Kathleen Hanna set to appear at Boston's Wilbur Theater Thursday night for a discussion and performance. The city of Boston has declared that April 9, 2015, which is today, will adhere to be recognized as Riot Girl Day. In proclamation inspired by Hanna's own Riot Girl manifesto, there we go, Boston Mayor Martin J. Walsh writes that Riot Girl Day will commemorate, celebrate, and actively promote the cultural significance of Riot Girl culture and to aspire girls everywhere to shake up the status quo and create. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Riot Girl movement, it really the, the heyday of it many people remember it definitely started in the 80s but then it transitioned into the 90s and personally for me early i would say early 2000s because you had artists like poe of course classic uh bikini kill uh jack off jill you could also consider part of the movement but ev- everybody has a different um definition of what a riot girl is to me a riot girl is someone like courtney love whether you love her or hate her She's someone that always voices her opinion. She doesn't care what people have to say about it. And a riot girl is somebody who just follows their convictions. I get so sick of some of these women in metal that just want to be a pretty face. And especially in hip-hop, too. Like, um, I got an awesome comment back from 3D Natid on this, saying that, you know... You can be smart. You can do hip-hop just like how you can be rock and you don't have to act like you're an airhead. I'm so sick of these, you know, airheaded kind of bimbo kind of metalhead, you know, chicks. I hate using the word, but that's what they are. They're so primitive and basic that they completely forget about the Riot Girl movement and the important contributions. Bands like Ho and Kitty and how they really changed how women could be viewed because we're not all just sex symbols. I'm sorry. You know, we're not all just TNA, the whole tits and ass thing. You know, I, I'm more than that. I have a voice. I want to, I want you to hear me roar. And that's what I really miss about the nineties and the eighties in particular was it was a time that, you know, the gender roles were, were getting played with and there was more freedom and versatility on television. I feel like now we're kind of reverting back to certain things. Don't get me wrong, we're in the right direction um, liberally, but 
Um, we still have a lot of work to do to get social, true social equality in this country, such as, you know, <laughs> women making as, you know, equal amount to men. Because I'm sick of how some of these guys, not all men, okay, but they're super arrogant and they don't like women that are feminists and feminism is stupid and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Feminism is not just about women. It's about the balance between the genders. Just an FYI to all the anti-feminism people that come on my channel and think I don't do my research. Yes, I do. And as Laganja Estranja would say, okay. So moving on. This is a great website if you want to know what's going on in the world of MMORPGs. I have spent quite some time really dabbling in this MMO world. And I just downloaded Ragnarok 2 online. I also downloaded Dungeon Fighter, which is really popular in South Korea. And this is really, if you look at MMOs in general, Korea, Asia in general, you get a lot of influence from that. Also a lot of influence in Europe as well. Um, there is a great documentary that just came out by Vice about this competitive esports gaming um, subculture. So definitely check it out. So this is coming from MMOsite.com. Well, news.mmosite.com. So apparently Maple Story 2 is going to be arriving May 1st with some new features. Maple Story's launch has made us suffer so long. And now there's a good news for us. Nexon, ugh, cringe. Nexon, for the people who are not... Um, you know, who don't have nerd cred, like the, many, many geeks and nerds have a very love-hate relationship with Nexon because sometimes they make really good MMORPGs like uh, Pie Story and then they kill them off, but I digress, I digress. So Nexon has unveiled the schedule for the Maple Story um, final test, which is great. So it's going to be available from May 1st to May 10th. So if you really want to experience the Maple Story, because I know many of you are like gung-ho crazy about this game, you can apply for it on Nexon's site during April 15th to the 26th. And the list of the lucky players who will get to play this will be announced on the 29th. So for all you crazy MMO folks out there, if you really want to get a shot at this, uh, you better, you better apply. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And of course, coming from Huffington Post, because they always have lovely articles, five words to ruin a job interview reveals that what never to say when you're applying for work. This is something you might want to listen, grad students or up and coming uh, people in high school, because I see you guys lollygagging around Wisconsin, some of you guys being lazy. This is for you. If you've ever thought, if you ever bombed a job interview, you know how it feels to replay the whole humiliating experience in your head over and over again. So maybe it was a sense of communal catharsis that helped the hashtag five words to ruin a job interview to become the trending topic on Twitter this weekend. And then there was also the hashtag, which was five words to ruin a date, which was really funny too. And there were a couple of them. So... <laughs> They said, whoa, you're on Tinder? That was my personal favorite. Uh, is your supervisor's job open? <laughs> hey, pants are optional, right? And the list goes on and on. But these were just absolutely freaking hilarious. So if you have a chance, definitely check that out on Huffington Post. Now, this is something I want to spend just a tad little bit of time about because I'm sick 
I am really sick of this MSNBC show, Morning Joe. As liberal as I am, they needed to stop with this. Morning Joe host blames rappers for racist frat video, and Twitter responds in the best possible way, because you know Twitter goes hard, especially for the rappers, all right? Black Twitter blasted the host of MSNBC's Morning Joe on Wednesday for their controversial remarks about the racist actions of Sigma Alpha Fezlon fraternity members at the University of Oklahoma. Epsilon, pardon me. Hosts Mika and Joe, of course, so Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scottenborough brought up the rapper Waka Flocka's Flames discussed with the video and his decision to cancel his upcoming campus appearance before suggesting that rappers are in fact to blame for the fraternity's racist behavior. And he, I quote, if you look at every song, I guess you call these that he's written, it's a bunch of garbage, Brzezinski said. It's full of N-words, it's full of F-words, it's wrong. And he shouldn't be disgusted with them. He should be disgusted with himself. The kids that are buying hip-hop or gangster rap, it's a white audience. And they hear this over and over again. So do they hear this at home? Well, chances are good, but no. They've heard a lot of this from guys like this who are act who are now acting shocked. Okay, first off, let that resonate for a second. First off, MSNBC as a network, as a network that has very, very liberal type of opinions, should have really done their proper and better research about the history of hip hop. There are different genres within hip-hop, okay? Gangster rap seems to be the one that the media just runs with and just, in a way, hyperlizes. And they don't consider there's Christian rap. There are rappers who do, they're not necessarily Christian rappers, but they are, they, they are telling a story, okay? And it just irritates me that they just, the media just seems to think that rap is just, it just makes all the black kids go crazy, and it, it, it's just a black thing, okay? And the other thing that irritates me on the other side of what he mentioned is that, like, when you look at commercial rap, I this is true, and I do agree. Yes, suburban white kids are a heavy amount of the consumers that buy it, but that doesn't mean that other ethnic groups don't buy rap, too. Latinos buy rap. I know a lot of Asian people that buy rap. I know a lot of multi people across the board internationally look at in the UK rap is huge over there as well. So I think what irritates me sometimes about MSNBC and the media in general is that they never like negate the different types of rap that's out there. Okay. Yes. I do agree with what they said about, you know, it's full of N words. It's full of this, but what they don't understand is that, Depending on what neighborhood you're from and you rap, you're representing that particular neighborhood or you're rapping about where you're from, guess what? You're going to use that language. And that is the language that your audience, and in this in this case, hip-hop is not just an audience. It's a lifestyle. It's interwoven as a community. So I think by them saying that, it's really reinforcing and reapplying the stereotypes that hip-hop is a negative thing. And it's not. There's my girl 3D Natid. There's my other girl shout outs to Rhapsody, you know, and they make music that is socially conscious 
and it makes you think. So I get tired of the media coming after hip-hop when a lot of times they're just kind of hyperizing the negativity, the crime, the gangster. Gangster rap is not all bad either, okay? A lot of times gangster rap is representing where they're from, okay? It's, it's representing where they're from. So if you look at Gangsta Boo, if you look at La Chat, for example, the song Memphis Bitch, Memphis, that's where she's from. She's representing the streets. That doesn't mean there's a difference between representing the realities of what's going on in our neighborhoods, regardless of racial affiliation, and then rapping like commercial rap. I'd rather have rappers be real and talk about where they're from and the struggle versus rappers just, you know, glamorizing things, okay? You know, I, I, MSNBC, you guys need to get that together because that truly, truly irritated me. And, of course, from Reality T, Kim Sosiak angry at the negative Instagram comments. Hmm. Will she stop posting pics? While Kim Sosiak is used to her fair share of negativity online, the Don't Be Tardy star may finally be fed up enough to quit social media on Instagram at least. After sharing some pictures this week and taking a lot of rude comments, not only her photos, but those of her six kids, the reality mom is contemplating pulling pulling a snooky and no longer posting photos. And this is what she said. Kim, this is what she blasted on Instagram last night. Yes, I, I have thick, or as some of my followers would call them, chunky legs, rude-ass people, have always and love them that way. I love every inch of me, and it's evident some of you don't. It's truly disheartening to see some of your comments because my kids see this stuff, and I'm appalled. And then she adds on to say this. I guess it's time I stop posting personal pictures of myself as well as my kids since some of you last night and today commented really about them. Hashtag God don't like ugly. I agree, Kim Sosiak. I may not agree with everything you have done and the song Tardy for the Party. That was, it was already tardy and the party had already ended, but that's just me. I personally believe this, though. First off, one side of the argument I do agree with, I hate when these haters come on and, you know, they blast people's kids. And it's like, you know what, unless you have kids, you guys know nothing about how it's like to be a mother, especially being a mother in the public eye. It is not easy, okay? I feel that regardless what you may do and whether or not I may not agree or agree or disagree with it, I will respect a mom for having her hustle and making sure her kids are taken care of. There are a lot of moms out there that are not even famous and they're not taking care of their kids. And there are some moms that are famous and, and they're not taking care of their kids either, Okay, so you can't hate on someone unless you have the proper premise or most people hate, for example, with me, most people hate on me because of two reasons. Number one, they're jealous. And number two, they're ignorant. And those are the top things. Or people just they just want to start something. That's the third thing. They they get a kick out of it, especially on YouTube. But the best thing that I think Kim Sosiak should have done was this. She should have killed them with kindness. Okay, you want to say that my legs are chunky? Well, you know what? These chunky legs are making coin, okay? Or these chunky legs are the ones that keep me walking and I look good and that's all that matters. Now, for some people that may come off as being arrogant or cocky, but there are some times where you have to put on a Kanye West persona because 
You are who you are. Are who you accept yourself to be. Okay, and people don't always understand that, okay? And I I just can't believe that, you know, it's gotten to the point where you can't even post pictures on social media without people being ratchet. And I understand when you post something on social media as a flip counter argument to what I just previously said, when you put something on social media, guess what? It opens up a platform for people to say whatever the heck they want to say about you, okay? And the key is, especially I've noticed this with a lot of celebs and some of the celebs I've interviewed, is that when people say something negative, they either don't respond, they block the person, or they respond, but they do it in a really sly, snarky way that's intelligent, and you kill them with kindness. And that's the best thing that she needs to do. I think you know, I love her husband. Um, I think what she's doing is great for herself. You know, it may not be what we think is cool, but at the end of the day, we have to, we got to respect each other as human beings. That's just the bottom line. I'm I'm just so sick of the ratchetness, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I am so excited being the Mac head that I am. Everybody's been talking about the new MacBook. This is coming from digitaltrends.com. The first round of reviews for the Apple's nearly released MacBook have hit the internet, falling in the shadow of Apple Watch reviews, which hit the web yesterday. While the watch may be newer and more original device, the MacBook is arguably just as important, perhaps just as innovative. So the article kind of goes on and um, it talks, you know, a little bit more about the design. But the main thing I wanted to kind of point out about this new MacBook that's coming out is the flaws, okay? I definitely will say the fact that there's only a single USB port and the keyboard, and it's a lot slimmer, which means it's more prone to breakage. That's just me, depending on how, you know, you take care of it. Uh, You know, I don't really know. So, of course, here are some reviews that some people have said about it. They said definitely uh, multiple reviewers stated that the 12-inch display seems like a good compromise um, between it, – it's kind of like the new MacBook is like the 13-inch Air meets an 11-inch Air, and you're kind of putting them right in the middle. It's just that really nice um, sweet spot. It's 0.52 inches thick, um, and honestly – it's razor thin as well. It's like 0.14 inch, you know, when you taper it down. Um, so that's just about as thick as four credit cards. And the USB-C port, I definitely, I, I, I don't think it's a good idea. And I agree with the critics as well, because this port is, it's a newer technology. And there, most people out there are not really into the innovation. Many times people buy products is because they're just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Now, you have that 50% of people who are early adopters and they really do like this new technology. But it'll be interesting to see um, how this goes. And, I mean, this laptop, oh, mega coin. That's all I got to say about that. Mega, mega coin. And to conclude the wrap-up here, this is coming from Blabbermouth. Dot net Chris Jericho oh he was so smexy to me oh I'm a huge pro wrestling fan and I just used to gag all day about him but of course you know that Chris Jericho has a pretty decent metal band called Fozzy so what makes a band a heavy metal band and this is according to this is an article from blabbermouth.net and this is according to Chris Jericho 
and Rich Ward. VH1 Classic Centerpiece in Original Programming, that metal show, recently got up close and personal with Rich Ward and Chris Jericho of Fozzie. So this is what they said about what makes a band heavy metal. And this is what Ward said. I think that heavy is a way that you carry yourself. I think heavy metal is something that is hard to necessarily say, that's it, but you know it when you see it. And this is what Jericho said. I think it's attitude. I really do. I think if you're talking about how this band plays, nothing but blast beats. I've never seen heavier bands that play nothing but slow parts. Like like I said, Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, heaviest song of all time. If I just played that with a drum beat on my own, you'll go, well, what is that? The waltz? What is this? That's heavy. To me, it's attitude. It's the way it's played. It's the way you feel when you're on stage. And heavy metal is a rebellion and it's freedom. It makes you feel that you can take on the world. I per- personally like Jericho's definition over Ward's definition. I thought Ward's definition was, was kind of basic, but that's just me. I, I think what really makes heavy metal, it's an attitude. I don't think, it, it, I think it's a combination of an attitude and your your personality. So it, it's really interwoven into that when you think about it. Um, but then you have genres like Christian metal, also known as white metal, which many people in the metal community um, consider to be a contradiction. How can metal be positive when metal is supposed to be heavy. It's supposed to be menacing. But what people don't understand is that heavy metal music is all conveyed according to not only the band themselves, but the actual listener. You're going to take what you're going to take out of a particular band. If you're a heavy, heavy fan of the band, guess what? You're going to have a higher bias. And what you think is heavy metal is not necessarily going to equate to what others may think is heavy metal as well. So I, the way I usually review heavy metal albums is I don't care about how heavy it is. I usually just look at the actual con, the social um, commentary of what the album is about. Yeah, the sound can, you know, play a role if I really, you know, sometimes I like metal that's really heavy. You know, I want something that's really aggressive. Other times I want metal that just has a good message. You know, I love a good metal ballad. Like, man. You know, I like that song Broken um, with Amy Lee, and I forgot the guy's name from Seether, but great song. I love Blurry from Puddle of Mud, Um, you know, Heart Shaped Box. Like, these are songs that, like, you know, well, Nirvana's kind of interesting because they have some ballads, but there's still this heaviness. And to me, that's where I feel is what is heavy metal is that it's just, it's not just saying heavy metal. It's for some people, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's how you convey yourself. It's an attitude. It's an aggression. But to me, heavy metal is is subjective. It's really what you think about it. And I, I think if you have, it's your personality. And see how complicated this is to talk about what is heavy metal. I'll definitely do a video about this in the future for sure. For sure. So I really hope you enjoyed that breakdown. Of course. <laughs> But I'm going to actually do Food for Thought early because I want to play a whole plethora of some good music that you will enjoy, including some stuff from Rhapsody and all that good stuff. So I was reflecting upon today being Riot Girl Day. And I really said to myself, I was like, you know what? What does it really mean to be a Riot Girl in a postmodern society when we're really not postmodern at all? I know, perplexing thought. I 
started following the Riot Girl movement because I was a girl who had low self-esteem. I was a girl who I didn't take care of my body. You know, people said I was fat, I was ugly, I was stupid. And I needed to find a way to tap into this core of myself to feel better about myself. Because you know what? I get tired of some of these punk guys out here. You know, they make fun of fat girls. Some of these girls go to the extreme levels of having eating disorders. And some go to the brink of suicide, which is just so disheartening to me that someone would kill themselves off of the stupid stuff people say on so- social media and all that stuff. So that's when I embarked on this journey. And I told myself, I was like, you know what? I want to find people that are positive, people that are intellectual. But I want people who are just balls busters. They just speak their mind and they don't care what people think. And thus, that's when I found this band called Hole. And that's when I found Kitty. That's when I found Bikini Kill. You know, that's when I found the Indigo Girls and Katie Lang and all these artists, uh, Melissa Etheridge, you know. And these were women that were just balls busters. They didn't care what people thought about them or their sexual orientation or whatever. They didn't care. They just did what they felt was right for them. And they, and thus, they became icons because and I truly believe people who become icons are people who are always comfortable with themselves like true true icons I'm not talking about you know the Lady Gagas and the Britney Spears and all those type of people because they're not icons yet yeah people will say oh they have a luxurious career and you know Lady Gaga and you know Tony Bennett did that album together okay that's fine and dandy But true icons are people that they don't have to put on a persona. They don't have to put on any kind of crazy image. They may have a history of that, but they just exist in the continuum of our society. Someone that's an icon to me is definitely Bjork. As much as people may not like her music, or me, I'm just voraciously in love with her music, the reason why she's an icon is because she's done things that people don't have the balls to do. You know, um, look at Madonna as another example in the world of pop. Janet Jackson is another example. These are women that did things like Madonna, you know, dated interracially. Janet Jackson did the same thing. And these were things that were considered to be controversial when in their mind they were just being themselves. So to me, the Riot Girl movement, thinking about Riot Girl day to day, is I want every woman as well as every man and and my you know my LGBT community and all the people that support this show. I really want you to be yourself. Do not, if especially for people, you know, I talk a lot about being in the entertainment industry. The worst thing that you can do, and I've done this in my past to be something that you're not. I tried being that sexy girl. I tried being the hypersexualized, what, you know, what the men, these ignorant men wanted for me to be. And you cannot listen to the industry. You have to make your own industry. Nothing wrong taking advice from people. Um, Nothing wrong, you know, listen to people who have been successful themselves. And then you formulate, you know, your own path to success. But you cannot allow the industry to define you, and you cannot allow people that want to call themselves industry decision makers to define who you are. Because you know what? Then you're just going to be another Madonna reject. Then you're just going to be another video vixen. The reason why people like Melissa Ford, the reason why um, people like Maya, the reason why people like, I would definitely say even... 
you know, Oprah are respected is because they paved their own way and they took aggression and they refined it and did something so intellectual, so beautiful and so wonderful. So I I really love being a riot girl. I call myself a riot girl from time to time because that's what I represent. You know, I'm I'm bringing you a show that's balls busting. I'm bringing you a show where, you know, it, it's not politically correct. I'm never PC on this show. I have liberal views, and, and I support people that support that. So I thank you for listening. Like always, you can follow me on Twitter at Curvy Metal. And, of course, my YouTube channel, which is at YouTube.com slash user slash Quita. If you want to listen to previous archives of this awesome show, go to blogtalkradio.com slash Curvy Metal for that as well and i have a facebook fan page which is at facebook.com slash curvy metal i know it sounds like an advertisement but that's just how it goes so i want to leave you with some new music like i always do here at the curvy metal head show we appreciate diversity in music but i appreciate that chris brown is starting to get sexy again with his sound i really wish he could just get his ish together because chris brown is very talented and i can see why definitely you know michael jackson really respected what he did as well because you can see a lot of michael and chris brown you know I just really wish that, you know, he could just get the right people around him and he would be right back up to that star power that we know and love him for. Here's Private Show T.I. featuring Chris Breezy. And remember to stay classy and don't be trashy.
Shawty, you ain't gotta lie about it. Blacking out net like a power outage. Got a man will he gonna be style about it. But I just wanna be on your team. Provide you with your protein, leave with drinks. Them tattoos all over your waist. Got me rock solid, come touch that. Like I'm upset, choking you, long stroke you, so you can't twice, not enough yet. Because you that fat, it's very rare. And my thought would be buried there. I love how you kick it in public, but in private, it feels wild. You know just what I want. It's always hard to leave this private show. Let me see it, see it, let me see it, take it off.
Hey, man. Hey. 